0: Welcome back to this week's Adam Schefter podcast, a free agent edition of the Adam Schefter podcast. And joining us on the show this week will be the former fifth overall pick in the 2011 draft. A man who spent 10 years with Arizona, where he was voted to eight Pro Bowls the last two years in Minnesota, where last season he was second in the NFL in interceptions, the future Hall of Fame defensive back Patrick Peterson. He's a free agent this week, and he will discuss what a free agent with his body of work looks for at this point in his NFL career. And when we think about it, this is about the start of the madness. If we go back to last year, this particular time period. Last offseason was one of the busiest that we've seen. And it'll give you an idea, essentially, of what we're looking at. Because last year, if we go through a two-week stretch, which will be similar to the one that we'll have this year, last year on Monday, March seventh, Calvin Ridley was suspended for at least one year for betting on NFL games. On Tuesday, March 8th, Aaron Rodgers returned to Green Bay and the Seattle Seahawks traded Russell Wilson. To Denver on the same day. They also released Bobby Wagner on Wednesday, March 9th. The Colts traded Carson Wentz to Washington on Thursday, March 10th. The Bears traded Cleo Mack to the Chargers on Friday, March 11th. The grand jury announced it would not indict Deshaun Watson, he wouldn't face criminal charges. Later that same day, Max Crosby signed a four year, $95 million extension with the Raiders on Saturday, March 12th. The Cowboys traded Amari Cooper to the Cleveland Browns on Sunday, March 13th. Tom Brady unretired and Kirk Cousins. Signed a one-year extension with the Vikings on Monday, March 14th, which is essentially the day that we're taping this now, Monday, March 13th. Legal tampering began. Alex Kappa went to Cincinnati, Mitchell Trubisky to Pittsburgh, Brandon Scherf to Jacksonville, Christian Kirk to Jacksonville, Hassan Reddick to Philadelphia, J.C. Jackson to the Chargers and more. On Tuesday, March 15th, Aaron Rodgers officially signed his three-year extension with the Packers. Baker Mayfield requested a trade. Randy Gregory went from Dallas to Denver and Marcus Williams went to Baltimore. On Wednesday, March 16th, Von Miller went to Buffalo, Chandler Jones to Vegas. Yannick Ngogwe was traded from Las Vegas to Indianapolis and Julio Jones was released by the Titans. On Thursday, March 17th, the Packers traded for Devontae Adams and Allen Robinson signed with the Rams. On Friday, March 18th, the Texans traded Deshaun Watson to the Cleveland Browns. On Saturday, March 19th, the Rams traded Robert Woods to the Titans and signed Matthew Stafford to a four-year, $160 million extension. On Sunday, March 20th, the Bengals signed Val Collins. On Monday, March 21st, the Falcons traded Matt Ryan to the Colts. On Tuesday, Teron Armstead signed a five-year, $75 million deal to the Dolphins. And on Wednesday, March 23rd, the Chiefs traded Tyree Kill to the Dolphins. Now, how's that for a stretch from March 7th to March 23rd, 16 days of NFL madness And now we are underway with this year already. And it's not going to be the same year. And it is going to be a little bit different. It will not be as intense, I don't think. There may not be as many moves, I don't think. But there's still going to be a ton of NFL action that got underway this past week with our timeline already unfolding in a little bit like the way it did last year. On Monday, Derek Carr signed with the Saints Geno Smith resigned with the Seattle Seahawks. Two big quarterback moves. On Tuesday, we had the franchise tag deadline day where Lamar Jackson got the non-exclusive tag, and we'll have more on that subject. Saquon Barkley got the non-exclusive tag. Daniel Jones signed a four-year $160 million deal. Four-year $160 million deal. And the Jets flew to Los Angeles to meet with Aaron Rodgers, who as we tape this first thing Monday morning, we're still waiting for a final answer from. On Wednesday, it came out, of course, there was 50 days till the NFL draft. On the same day, the Cardinals released Chosen Robbie Anderson. On Thursday, the Texans lost a fifth-round pick and refine $175,000 for salary cap violations that they insisted were nothing more than helping Deshaun Watson train during the time of the pandemic when the Texans' training facility was closed and... The 49ers were awarded seven compensatory draft picks on Thursday. Think about that. Seven picks. So essentially when the NFL handed out compensatory draft picks, they gave the 49ers an entire draft. Seven picks. That's crazy. On Friday, Mark Murphy talked about Aaron Rodgers in the past tense, indicating, as we tape this again, that his days in Green Bay are over, that he will not play for that franchise again and in what was really a warm-up for the main act the chicago bears traded the number one overall pick to the carolina panthers for four picks and wide receiver dj moore saturday was a quiet day before sunday the miami dolphins traded a third round pick and a tight end hunter long with one nfl career reception to the Los Angeles Rams for the Pro Bowl cornerback, Jalen Ramsey. And that brings us to today as we tape this Monday morning, getting ready for the negotiating window to open at noon on Monday for NFL teams to allow, to be allowed to sign free agents at 4 o'clock on Wednesday. And obviously, it's going to be very busy. And that brings us to the subject of this week's interview, a man who does become a free agent, a man who one day will be at the Pro Football Hall of Fame, who's looking for a new home this week, the great Patrick Peterson. Patrick, how are we doing? Doing great. This is a big week for you. Yes, sir. <laughs> it's not very often. You've done this before, but it's not very often that we get nah, somebody yeah, who's who's been around as long as you have. A- <laughs> The fifth overall pick in the 2011 draft, you spent 10 years with the Cardinals. You went to eight Pro Bowls there. You went to Minnesota last year. You're second in the NFL in interceptions last year. And now, now, you're becoming a free agent. What is yeah. that like for you?
1: Man, you say, what does it feel like?
0: Yeah, what's that, what that like does for you? what does
1: it sound like? What, what is it like for you? Oh, um, man, you know. It's honestly right now. I'm in a great time of my life. You know, I've done a lot of great things in my career, like you alluded, uh, alluded to. Ten years in Arizona, a couple years in Minnesota. I'm very comfortable and happy. You know, especially with the year that I had last year. I felt that I uh, I had a very very productive year at the age. Everybody said I was old, um, a little long in the tooth, that I couldn't do it anymore. But with the production that I had last year. Um, it continues to give me confidence. I never lost confidence in myself, but it gave me confidence to know that I can still play this game at the at a high level, even at the age
0: that, I, that I'm that i at right now. So what does somebody in your position with your resume and your body of work look for when he becomes a free agent? So for me,
1: what I'm looking for, obviously, is, the, is a competitor. You know, I'm playing for jewelry at this at this moment you know at this time uh, uh at this period in my career you know so uh i feel like i i, I accomplished everything except for one thing uh on a personal goal of i didn't get that defense mvp just yet i'm still fighting for that but for the most part you know i got the pro bowls i got the all pro I got the all decade those are things that i set up for myself and still working on that uh, Hall of Fame resume you know so that's those are things that I can control but for right now I want to be able to be with the team that's going to be in the position that's going to be in the playoff that, that's the first step that's because that's you know every team is not promised you know a, a championship no no matter how good the team is I want to be on a team that's can, that can get in the playoffs first and foremost and also that can that's able to compete for a championship so at this moment I'm looking for a team that can help provide jewelry.
0: <laughs> you you came very close to getting one additional ring. Yeah. Very close. Does that stay with you even at this point in your life?
1: Man, that does, man. And I want that moment back so bad, you know, because it that, Hold that's on, what I'm you're not gonna believe
0: this. I'm cutting you off. Hold on. Hold on. King. Hey, King. I'm always hey, – you're bothering me right now with Pat Peterson. I'm doing a podcast with him. Can I call you back after? <laughs> call me later. I'll call you after I get done.
1: Mastermind.
0: Okay, there you go. <laughs>
1: um, Yeah, 2015, that's the closest I ever came to it, man. That was by far the best team top to bottom that I've been on throughout my NFL career. And I want to be able to taste that again. I want to be able to be around – those type of guys again. And I was Mm -hmm. around those type of guys last year in Minnesota. We just couldn't get the job done getting over the hump against the New York Giants. But that's the type of environment that I feel I need to be around to be able to capture, you know, my first Super Bowl championship.
0: Are there any teams that you could name today that appeal to you? Like you're talking about a winner. Like, are there certain places, Hey, if they're listening, I'm interested in you.
1: Man, I, I really like what the what the Bengals have. They have a quarterback. They have a great establishment on the offensive side of the ball. Um, I know Eli Apple is going to be a free agent, um, an independent free agent coming up. You know, I feel like I can come in there and help those guys, you know, because um, obviously you're gonna be going to be going up against another high-quality quarterback in the playoffs almost each and every year against Patty Mahomes. You know, so you're going to need some quality cover guys that can kind of keep those guys in check. Um, you know I like the Cowboys I like what they have going on yeah I love uh Stefan not Stefan trade Diggs uh, I, I love what he brings to the table I think he can can uh can use some you know some guidance and some you know some help along the way to kind of help continue to flourish his career um you know it's a, it's a couple of uh, Philly I know they're gonna have a couple of guys that they may be uh letting go here in a little bit you know so you know there's a couple of teams out there that 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 strike my interest but you know, now we have to see what happens here come tomorrow.
0: I guess you're not afraid of being in the cold and playing outside in those types nah. of conditions.
1: I'm Adam, I'm a ball player. So wherever the ball lays, that's where we're going to play.
0: <laughs> you know, I was thinking Cincinnati, what would be interesting about that is an LSU quarterback, an LSU yeah. wide receiver that you'd be going up against oh, every yeah. day. And so they like their LSU guys. And if they could make that work, that would be a logical place to have you but- fit
1: no doubt about it and i love they got one of my old uh, defense uh, coaches over there on the, on the, on the staff and james betcher um so i kind of kind of understand you know the the defensive philosophy what those guys like to run and how they want to run uh their cover scheme and stuff on the back end so um it may be a, a good marriage you never know
0: what is it like for a player to be entering a period like this from a mindset standpoint where your future is about to be decided you don't know where you're going to be you don't know how much you're going to be making. You don't know who your teammates are or what's going to be your new home. But what is that like mentally for you to go into a week like this?
1: Adam, with me, um, you know, people, you know, that been around me, people, you know, who had opportunity to play with me. I'm a people's person. So I, quite frankly, I don't care where I go. I'm I'm yeah. going to be who I am, you know, when I show up. And that's, you know, Patrick P2 Peterson. And that's. A genuine guy that's a hard worker that's a, a people a, a people's person um that's a guy that's going to give his all to everybody that's in that building that's in the foxhole with him you know because we're in this thing together you know what i mean so i want to see everybody succeed you know you can ask my teammates when i was in, in uh you know my minnesota teammates arizona teammates i want the best for my teammates i want the best for the guys because if you can, if you're able to get the best out of those guys, that's how the team succeed. Yeah. You know, so that's all. I feel like that's been my calling from God to find ways to get the best out of others.
0: Hmm. What was it like last year going up against Justin Jefferson in practice on a regular basis? It was,
1: it was a blast, man. It, I mean, I, you know, I had the opportunity, and and, and 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 you know, yeah, I guess you could say the opportunity to go up against some of the lead best every single day in practicing Larry
0: Larry Fitzgerald in Arizona
1: yeah D Hop yeah um you know now Justin Adam even even Adam you know, you know so you know having an opportunity to go up against Justin over the last two years it was just like iron and sharpening iron man you know uh, you know him you know keeping me young me helping him sharpen up on his craft getting off a of press and running routes with him the thing I took uh, took away from playing with Justin especially year 1 how in how entailed he was you know of asking questions on you know when i do this what do a d how 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 can i expect the db to react to this move how how are you reacting to me setting up this route mm-hmm. you know so and there were some things that i asked him too It's like what made you like have your body in this position but you're running A totally different route he was just like you know that's the illusion that i have to give the db to have to be be able to beat them that extra tenth of a second on an out route or in breaking route, and for him to have that knowledge at year two it was so remarkable to me i'm like man you don't see you know young receivers coming into the game with that type of knowledge with that type of detail on how to get open on certain routes but he's a phenomenal athlete, man. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I can't say enough about him.
0: Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Adam today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash Adam. You, you listed Larry Fitzgerald and DeAndre Hopkins and Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. You've had some unbelievable players to go up against, play with. Is there any one guy that made a mark on you as a person, as a professional, more than any other?
1: Oh, man. yeah, man, you got to go, you know, with the GOAT. <laughs> you got to go to the GOAT um, with uh, old Fizzy because, you know, he – was kind of like in my shoes before I got there, you know, kind of, you know, showing me the ropes on, you know, how to take care of your body, you know, how to treat people around around the building, you know, how to even do things off the field, you know. So, um, you know, I think him a ton because, you know, he definitely helped, you know, show me how the league operates in a sense, you know what I mean, how superstars supposed to, you know, go about their business, you know, on and off the field, you know, and something I'll uh, I say about this too. i think, you know, I was the one that kind of gave him the, the golf bug a, li- a little bit more because me as a young guy, um, I, uh, he, he didn't quite catch fun to me uh, going out there, beating up on the old guys and <laughs> still being competitive and things like that. So he was like, you know what, I'm going to get into golf too. So, I want to I want to say that I kind of urge that golf bug onto to uh, old to, to old number eleven. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: but let me let me say this: There's something that we have in common because Larry Fitzgerald was your teammate, and Larry Fitzgerald is my teammate. Yep. And it's a situation where spending the year with him this past year, the Monday nights that I did, man, is that guy impressive? Man, does he have his tentacles in so many different businesses? Man, is he respected? Man, yep. the people like him. Yep. he's just a he's an impressive guy. I love that guy.
1: No doubt about it. I think, you know, having an opportunity to, you know, spend 10 years with him, you know, in Arizona and just seeing the way he moved. and like you said on and off the field, you know, being a minority, minority owner of the Suns uh and, you know, Stake 44 and Ocean Club and, you know, all the things and just that's you know, not just in Arizona, that's just, just across, you know, he's in things across the globe. And, you know, and, and for for a ball player, you know, that's some of the things you want to be able to set yourself up for after you're done playing ball, being able to take advantage of the platform that you're on to be able to cement yourself uh, for the future.
0: Every player can and should learn something from Larry Fitzgerald. I, I no doubt about it. You've spent some time the last couple of years going up against Aaron Rodgers, who's in the headlines. And as we tape this midday on Sunday – he still has not made his decision. I'm going to say, ultimately, I think he'll decide to play. I think yeah. I think it'll be in New York because I don't think that he and the Packers want to continue that relationship. We'll see how that unfolds. But what would Aaron Rodgers, should he play, bring the New York Jets?
1: Man, I mean, he's going to bring a ton, a ton of, obviously, attention to the Jets, <laughs> you know, being in New York, uh uh the the media there they they they're just going to eat that up and the thing i like about the jets they actually have a pretty good team <laughs> they actually have a solid team i don't i can't really speak on their offensive line haven't really dug into that side of uh uh that side of the line but as far as their skill position they got guys all over the place and i believe the thing that they was missing last year was a quarterback you know obviously they end up missing they run it back with the acl uh injury mid season who was having a hell of a rookie uh, campaign. Um, but now, if they're able to get the guy who's able to direct the offense, put the ball in the right places, not turn the ball over, because we all know Aaron will not turn the ball over. If it if, if it's a turnover, yeah, the sky must be falling. <laughs> you know, so if, if he's able to land with the New York Jets, those guys will be Super Bowl contenders right now.
0: Super Bowl contenders right now? Yeah.
1: I mean, because if you if you, you got Rob as the defense, as the head coach, defense coordinator, I love what they do on the defensive side of the ball. Wow. They're very aggressive. They got corners that's going to get in your face. They got linebackers that can scrape sideline to sideline is going to fill in the gaps. And all they was missing was a guy that's not going to turn the ball over because we all know, oh, uh, Zach, with his uh with, with, with the turnover prone that uh, that he is. And then who uh, uh, Mike White, you know, he was he was a good he was he he, he stood in there. You know, he, he made it do what it do, but he wasn't able to get the ball in the end zone, you know, and that was a big thing for them. But if they get Aaron Rodgers, a guy who don't turn the ball over yeah. and a guy who can get the ball in the end zone and a defense that is stout.
0: That's a recipe for success. We talked about you doing this for 12 years, Patrick. Yep. How much longer can and do you want to do this for? My body tells me I can I can
1: get two more out of it. And that's the guy honestly. This year and next season. After next after the following season, it will be up in the air. My goal was always 14 seasons. My body, my mind feel unbelievable. You know, I played 17 uh 17 games um this season, 97% of the snaps at 32 years old. Played them probably, I think, the third most snaps as a defensive back, probably as a defender, if I'm not mistaken. You know, so my durability has always been there. I always train my body and my mind uh, uh, to be prepared to sustain a season that I have to sustain throughout uh, throughout that year. Um, but, yeah, I, I feel like I can get – well, I don't feel – I know I can play two two strong more seasons. And after that, it kind of be up in the air. But as long as I can hit my goal at 14, I'll be all good at it.
0: Why was the goal
1: 14, Patrick? Because when you me growing up, I always saw myself in the Hall of Fame, being recognized as one of the greatest. And when I go back and look at all those guys' resume, those guys played 12 years and and more. Hmm. And for me, that was like the first standard for me. I was like, all right, if I want to make it, because I already knew I had that athletic ability. I knew I was going to be able to make plays. But it's the longevity. Right. If you're able to do it for sustain that success for a long period of time. And when I went all, it was an average of, I believe it was like 11 years when I did this in high school. I was like, it's an average of 11 years, guys, defensive backs, played in the league that made it to the Hall of Fame. So I was like, all right, my goal got to be at least 14. Because I know I'm going to make plays. I know I'm going to get interceptions. I know I'm going to be successful. But I have to make sure my body is able to sustain 14 seasons. And
0: I've been doing that at a high level so far. That's amazing to me that you were computing in high school the average amount of time for a (laughs) Hall of Fame defensive back in high school. Wow. You can ask my dad, you can ask my coach. That's how in tuned I
1: was because I always knew I was going to be in the league. That was just a given. Like I knew I was going to be a special football player since I was seven years old. Yep. And they kicked me off the team because I was too young and I scored four touchdowns. It's like, this guy got to be too old. I was like, no, come to find I'm too young. So I knew I was always going to be a special football player. I just had to get there. And once I always did all my research, Deion Sanders, that's not, that's well documented. It's my favorite football player of all time. And watching him from Atlanta uh, to San Fran uh, to Dallas. Uh, to, um, uh, to Washington, to Baltimore, watching his career. I was like, man, I want to be like that guy. <laughs> like I wanted to do, and we're from Florida. We got a lot of similarities. I'm like, I want to do what he did. And I, I kid you not, I wore number two, just like he did when I was in Little League. One. The only time I changed my number was when I was in high school because my dad wore number seven in high school and in, uh, in college or in high school. And I wanted to kind of carry that tradition on, but I wore num- number two was my favorite number uh, growing up. And then when I got to the league, I, ha- I couldn't wear a single digit digit. So I ended up going to 21, but Dion was a trendsetter. He was a guy who I wanted to model my game after. If the Lord put me in the position of being in the
0: league. And I'm sure you've had the occasion to chat with him and learn from him and get advice from him. Is oh, yeah. there something that he said to you that stayed with you? Man,
1: yo, no doubt about it, man. Just be a student of the game, you know, stay true to yourself. Always carry confidence. You know, it can be, it can be silence confidence. It can be, you know, loud and, you know, boisterous confidence, but long as you have confidence, <laughs> that's what matters. You got to have confidence. And most importantly, you look good, you play good, they're going to pay good. <laughs> you know, that always stuck with me as well. And those some of the things that I did uh,
0: throughout my career to
1: accomplish those goals as well.
0: Patrick, I want to thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it. I wish you the best of luck this week. And we will certainly be in touch. Good luck with everything. Thanks, Adam. Man. I appreciate you having me on, man. And there is the great Patrick Peterson, Now looking for a new home. We wish him the best of luck in his efforts to find a place. And some team will be lucky to have him because not only does he provide great play on the field, but you hear the type of person and character that he has. He will be an asset for somebody this upcoming season. We also mentioned in the first segment, Lamar Jackson getting the non-exclusive franchise tag. Now, Lamar Jackson and his situation aren't going to change much, and As great as he is, as elite of an athlete as he is, as tremendous as he's been as a former NFL MVP, he's in a challenging spot here. And he's in a challenging spot for a few reasons. Number one, there's never been a non-exclusive franchise quarterback who's ever signed an offer sheet with another team in 30 years of free agency. So when people say, oh, it's collusion, yes, I do think that NFL owners do not want to give out guaranteed contracts. And yes, I do think that they don't want to set that precedent. But collusion is a very strong word. And if it can be proven that there is collusion, then the NFL owners will be held liable for hundreds of millions of dollars of damages. So that's a whole other issue. But the fact of the matter is, Lamar Jackson's in a challenging spot right now as a non-exclusive free agent. And each day, it seems like another team solves its quarterback need. We've already seen the Carolina Panthers, who might have been a candidate for Lamar Jackson, trade up for the number one pick. They're not going to be a candidate anymore for Lamar Jackson. Now we see if any other team is willing to step out there. Plus, he doesn't have a certified agent. He and his mother have been doing the deal. And teams are not allowed to talk to Lamar Jackson, I believe, until Wednesday, 4 o'clock. So while other teams have been negotiating and talking and tampering, really since the combine, even though they're not supposed to, technically Lamar Jackson doesn't have anyone to really go through and teams are going to be leery about talking to him. The other thing I want to point out is there's a lot of misinformation about the guaranteed money and the contract that he was offered last year. And I know I spent some time on the phone this weekend with some colleagues who called uh, with questions about it. And so I just wanted to just spell out because Morton and I reported on this last September when Lamar Jackson was offered a deal that he turned down that included at the time it was offered $133 million due at signing, $133 million guaranteed. The contract also had injury guarantees that brought the guarantees up to $175 million. And it then had a springing guarantee that could have brought the value of the contract, the guaranteed money in the contract, to $200 million in guarantees. Those guarantees were way more than Kyler Murray got from Arizona, way more than Russell Wilson got from the Denver Broncos. And yes, those were the actual numbers, and that was the situation. So those really are the guarantees for Lamar Jackson. It also was reported on the injury guarantee, $168 million, but another $7 million was guaranteed. Uh, that would have come due on the fifth day of 2026, making it 175. So the real guarantees in Lamar's contract were 133 million at signing, 175 with injury, and 200 million on a springing guarantee that would have kicked in if he was still on the roster on the fifth day of the league year in 2026. So maybe it's not a guarantee, but he would have had to be been on the roster for three more years and then 25 more million would have become guaranteed to make it 200 million bottom line. Lamar Jackson passed up a lot of guaranteed money in the hopes that he would get a fully guaranteed contract and not to say that won't not to say that some team won't give that to him now, but I think it's a tall order. He's got the help of the NFL Players Association. They're going to try to get this done, but I just don't see a team out there right now that's going to be willing to fully guarantee his contract. And yes, Last year, the Cleveland Browns did that for Deshaun Watson. The difference is is that Deshaun Watson told the Cleveland Browns, I'm not coming. I'm going to be going to Atlanta, Carolina, or New Orleans, not Cleveland. And Cleveland was out. It had been eliminated. And out of desperation, Cleveland went to Deshaun Watson and said, what if we fully guarantee your $230 million? Will you then sign with me? Yes, we will. We will sign in Cleveland for an unprecedented type of contract, and that's how he got it. That was the leverage he had at that moment. I don't see that leverage today for Lamar Jackson with him having to sign an offer sheet, with another team having to commit to him. And once it commits to him, by the way, then that money counts against that team's cap until Baltimore decides whether or not to match. So if today the Atlanta Falcons sign Lamar Jackson to a four-year 200 million dollar contract this year's cap charge of roughly 50 million dollars would count on atlanta's cap during the opening week of free agency while baltimore was waiting to make its decision and if a week from now baltimore decided to match the offer then atlanta would have lost out on the first week of free agency so lamar could wait till after free agency and he could wait until after the draft the problem is teams spend their money and then there are going to be four first-round picks that are quarterbacks this year, Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud and Anthony Richardson and Will Levis. They're going to go, and that's four fewer teams that would be bidding on Lamar Jackson. And so it's a tough spot to be in. And that's why he has his work cut out for him if he wants to get a fully guaranteed contract. And again, I look at that deal that Baltimore had on the table last year. Again, $133 million guaranteed, $175 million. For injury guarantee up to two hundred million in guarantees, and if he can get a deal like that, to me that's a that's a winning deal. But his life, his business, his decision. There'll be plenty of big decisions that are made this week. It's going to be a very very busy week as the evidence of the last two years show. We hope everybody enjoys it. We'll be back in this spot next week for more insight, information, and interviews. I want to thank the great Patrick Peterson for joining us today. I want to thank my great producers, Christina Buswell, Sarah Abbott, for putting this podcast together. And I want to thank you, the listener, for tuning into another Adam Schefter podcast. Until next week, have a great free agent week.